Hello, welcome to the show. I'm recording, apparently. I didn't even realize I hit the button. Here we go, theme song. L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to that show. It's episode 61. I'm Phoenix West. Today I'm talking about 19, season 1984, episode 906, episode 100. That's the name of the episode. Very confusing to say that all in order. Holy shit. Almost blew, blew a gasket in my brain. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is episode 6 of this season. There's only 3 left after this. 789, yep, that checks out. The math is correct. Okay. Let's just talk about it and get it over with, and then we'll talk about how the actual episode was overall. All right, this one is 1985. As you remember, they have left the camp at this point. Uh, we see a fat woman. She's in her hotel room. She wakes up. Uh, she's with a girl who's in a separate bed. She's not sleeping with a girl. It'd be weird. A little too weird for this show. Anyway, she wakes up with some, some loud music. She goes next door, pounds on the door, ends up being Ramirez there. And he starts to flirt with her, but aggressively, and then he... Starts. He's gonna. He's gonna take her into the room and kill her. And then Jingles is his roommate, and then makes him stop. He makes makes him uh, let her live so that he can get some sleep. And it looked like they've been coked out of their mind for about six weeks now. Uh, and then Jingles, after she leaves, Jingles says she's sick. He's sick of killing. And Ramirez is like, dude, you can't. You know, you swore to Satan. He won't. Let, he's not gonna let you stop. It's Satan. What are you gonna do? Um, we have a, a little montage there. It reminded me of The Departed. Where, where Ramirez is killing a bunch of people and Jingles has to sit there and just watch him. There's a couple scenes like that in The Departed early on when he when he first joins uh, the gang, the the mafia, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, um, Jingles has the worst comb over right here and it's fucking hilarious because it's like five little wads of hair going all the way across his head to reach the other island of hair. And it's like this weird bridge that looks like, it's the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life and it's fucking hilarious. And he wears like Coke glasses. Like glasses people used to wear when they're on Coke. So you can see that they're on coke. Um, he he goes. He, they're in the car. Uh, Ramirez pulls the car over to go get some drinks. He, uh, Jingles asks for a can of Tab because it's the '80s. You get it. And then Ramirez leaves and goes in the convenience store. And then Jingles starts to play. He changes the music from heavy rock to "Can't Fight This Feeling Anymore." And I'm like, they are really, really not subtle with this music this season. They are just all over the place. Or not over the place, but you know, they're covering it with a blanket of this is what this scene means with this song. Here you go. It's these exact lyrics. Anyway, it's not a, not a really an issue. I'm just saying that they're not subtle at all in any way with it. Uh, Jingles walks over, sees a Spanish newspaper about Ramirez uh, and how they know he's the night stalker. They're they're trying to find him. And then he hands it. He buys one and hands one hands it to the woman. And then he points inside and, and he walks away. And the whole fucking town then shows up and to beat his ass, and he runs away. It's a really cool scene. He's running away, gets hit by a car, <laughs> and then he keeps running. Eventually, he trip, you know, he gets taken down by some people, and they just start beating the shit out of him. And then Jingles drives by slowly while playing. Uh, Can't fight this feeling anymore, and drinking his tab. I don't know how he got the tab when he he never got it from Ramirez. Maybe he dropped it and picked it up. I don't know. Anyway, 1989. We're four years later. Uh, there's a ginger. He's taking photographs of, of nature, I guess. Um, he's, he's clearly at the camp because he walks by and it says graffiti all over the building. It says, Brooke wants your blood. He goes down to the dock. He sees Montana uh, sunbathing. She's very, very sexual about it. She's like, hey, yeah, 
I want me to take you back here? And he's like, oh, my girlfriend wouldn't like that. And she's like, I don't care. Do you want to stick it in me? And she, he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, me first, and stabs him. It's very obvious what, what the fuck was going to happen. After she kills him, the 1970s counselors are there, too, as ghosts. And they're like, they're so bored of it. They're like, how are you guys not sick of this? And Xavier, Xavier shows up, and he's like, well, how can you not get sick of it? It's awesome. Or how, how could you get sick of it? It's fucking awesome. Like, we get to do whatever we want. As a ghost, I was always, like, really... You know, straight laced, but as a or as a human, I was really straight laced. But as a ghost, I can do whatever I want. And then they, he kisses Montana and calls her babe a bunch. So I guess they're together. They're ghost fucking. I guess. I guess you can just ghost fuck in this world. Um, we cut to a lifestyles of the rich and famous. The literal opening of that show, and it's it's about Margaret Bruth. She's a real estate mogul. She's buying like these really macabre properties, basically serial killer properties, and turning them into like borderline amusement parks for for murder. You know, she'll she'll hire people to show up as the killers and, and scare people. And that's what she's doing with her life. And she, she's doing very well. She has married Trevor. And they're doing a little interview there for Lifestyles of Rich and Famous. And he's talking about how he w- woke up and she saved him and, and from Brooke. And they basically, they're pinning everything on Brooke still. And then we cut to them Trevor actually watching the program on TV. And he's doing a bunch of coke and calling it bullshit. And then... um. He, he basically is like, uh, fuck this shit. Like, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. Uh, and then I'll get to the rest of that later because it cuts away. And it goes to 1985, uh, f- four years ago again. And Trevor wakes up. And then after he's woken up, Margaret's there. And he's like, I can't, you know, when I woke up, I was I couldn't believe what happened. And what are you going to do, stab me again? She's like, you know, how long do I got to the cop show up? Oh, God. Uh, she starts to freak out. And she's already made a bunch of money by now. Uh, she's all dressed up, all fancy. And he says, uh, he's like, why turn you in when nobody's going to believe me? It's just my word, so why not have a sugar mama? She's like, fuck that, we're going to get married. Because you can't, they can't make you talk about me in court, which doesn't exist because it happened before they were married. Whatever. Um, cuts back to that scene I was talking about where they're watching Lifestyles, which are famous. And they start arguing and fighting. And he says he's sick of this shit. And then they start fucking. Remember, he has a giant hog and she's going crazy. And that's it. Courtney shows up. Courtney is, I forget the actor's name. I didn't write it down or, or I can look it up, but let me see. If I can, oh, uh, Leslie Jordan. He's been in previous seasons. That, guy, that guy's funny and the guy's good. So, uh, but this time instead of white hair, he has black hair, like, like pitch black hair. He's got a black wig on and he's, 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 uh, uh Margaret's assistant. He says that Brooke Thompson lost her appeal, her last appeal and will be executed soon. They're all excited. And then, um, Later, uh, you know, in prison, we see Brooke. She's walking through the prison. She sees Ramirez in another cell, and he starts to talk to her. And then he says she should have let him let him kill her while earlier so that she didn't have to deal with all this shit. And then Brooke's like, I gutted Montana. Now she's licking Satan's balls. And he's like, she should be so lucky. I don't know how you're threatening someone by licking Satan's balls when the guy worships Satan. It was literally brought back to life by Satan. Seems like he wouldn't be able to get caught because he could just leave. I don't. His Satan powers are very confusing to me. Um, at the camp, we see Ray. He's yelling at Montana about the body, and she's like, "Just clean it up like you always do." And he's clearly fed up with this shit. Um, t- and they're talking about how they shouldn't kill anyone. Um, and then Xavier comes up out of nowhere and slices the gin- ginger wife's neck and kills her. And Ray freaks out. He's like, "Fuck this! I'm out of here." He's clearly sick of this shit. Um, Brooke is in her, her cell and she's hearing uh, Ramirez talk to her but he's not there but you know satan powers and basically talking about the different ways of execution and the pros and cons of them all and he's like 
Uh, I, he said he's interested in you, you know, the, the master, whatever he calls him. Would just All you have to do is take a deal and you can live forever. You, this won't be the end of you. And she's like, basically tells his deal to go fuck off. Um, Courtney, uh, the the black wig man, <laughs> tells Margaret that they're basically that they're going under, that they can't, can't keep buying properties like this because they're not making enough money. And then Trevor gives them a newspaper about the murders that are happening at the camp again because the ghosts are killing people like nonstop. It seems like this would happen a lot. Because if ghosts are everywhere murdering everyone, it would be nonstop atrocities at every location. So luckily this isn't a reality that anyone lives in. Because there would be so fucking many murders. If all the ghosts of dead people hung around, it would just be like this. You kill one person, you kill two people. Those two, it would be like a pyramid scheme. They kill four people, they kill eight people. You know, just spiral out of control, the fucking world will be over. And just be ghosts hanging around, killing each other, fucking each other all day. Which, you know, now that I say that out loud, yeah, maybe. Maybe we need to do this, get this working. Uh, we see what happened with Jingles. He's in Alaska. He has a wife and child now. He's working at Video Shack, and he's in, in he's in line for a promotion to to manager. So he's excited about that. His wife knows about what happened before. She doesn't really seem to give a shit. She's like everyone's in Alaska trying to trying to flee what, what they were. It's one of those sort of things. Uh, we see a thing on TV. Uh, no, sorry, it actually cuts to the scene, uh, but it's it's this festival that they're doing. It's called It's Your Turn to Die, Camp Redwood Food and Music Fest. I wrote it down because it was such a great name. And basically, it's it's Margaret on stage talking about how she's she bought the camp. She's going to do a thing where they have murderers come out. And she's like, no, sorry, it's that's that, that was a different idea they're talking about beforehand. But they're basically saying, some of the, the press are like, you know there's a murder out here. And she goes, who doesn't want a little risk? You know, maybe you'll die. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe you might die. There's a lot of murderers here. Let's find out. Well, I don't know. And then Chet shows up as, you know, he's a ghost. And he wants to go after Margaret and kill her because he's talking about how painful drowning is. But Montana stops him because it'll be full hunting grounds when everyone's there, when the camp's full. So it looks like we're going to have an episode of that coming up. And that'll be, that'll be interesting. It's a good way to get you get get us back to the camp and have the murders continue, while at the same time leaving. So it's it's a it's a good compromise of leaving and then coming back later, way later on when everyone's changed and everything. Interesting. Didn't see that coming. I thought they'd come back, and but as the humans doing revenge, like Brooke coming back for revenge, and I think that will happen based on what happens in the rest of this episode. I have not seen nine oh seven yet, so I don't know, but um. So it sounds like we're going to get back to the camp there, and we're going to have a, a, a big payoff, hopefully. There's only three episodes left, so they better pay it off. Uh, Jingles and his wife see the news story about the camp reopening. Um, he starts to, like, stare at it, and then his wife's like, oh, I'll change the channel. He's like, no, no, I'm I'm finally over the camp stuff. I, I feel nothing when I look at that camp. And he, he's going by the name Donald right now. I don't know why. Because <laughs> he looks creepy, so he wanted a creepy name, I guess. I don't know. But his wife's like, oh, good for you. Good for you. I would be like, oh, I, uh, denial's great. Super. Um, some woman shows up to prison and to visit Ed, uh, Ramirez. She shows her titties uh, on the glass. She doesn't really show them on screen. They're not, you know, in her bra. But um, then she shows them a flyer about for the camp and the opening of the camp and how they're going to have a big music festival. And it's all these like really shitty new wave bands I've never even heard of. And then Billy Idol's going to play there, too. And he gets all excited. He's like, you can't have Billy Idol with all these no new wave bands people forget about in 20 years. Um, in his cell, he performs a ritual with the flyer. Um, 
Meanwhile, Brooke is getting executed. They ask if she has any last words. She knows, Margaret, I know you're there. Um, I didn't kill anyone. You're a bitch. Blah, blah, blah. Spits on the glass. And Margaret goes, oh! Like she's horrified by that. You're about to watch someone get executed. And you're pretending to be <laughs> offended by some spit on some glass on the other side of the glass. What the fuck, bitch? Um, the flyer starts to burn. As they're putting the needles in her. Um, a bunch of smoke comes out of a vent below a guard that's jerking off in, in the, the bathroom because obviously it's American Horror Story. He's got to be jerking off for some reason. And I'm sitting here and watching. I'm like, how is this going to happen in time? Because the ritual seems way behind the execution. And turns out that was the kind of the point. But at the time, I'm like, I was waiting for the guard to get possessed by the black smoke coming out. And maybe put his dick away and then go save Brooke. That's what I was waiting for. But that's not what happened. The prison guard shows up at Ramirez's cell, lets him out. Meanwhile, Brooke is dying, and she dies, and she's dead. She's totally, really dead. I can't believe they really killed her. Jingles uh, gets home from work and finds his wife killed by Ramirez uh, in the bedroom. She's you know, blood everywhere. He opens the closet door. The baby's in there, and he has a note that says, Satan will have his vengeance. And the note is also the flyer for the camp when he turns it over. He takes his little baby to Lizzie, who apparently was his wife's sister, and he sits there and stares at her, and she's like, where are you, Donald? Donald? And he's like, no, I, she's dead. Your sister's dead. I gotta go. I thought I could have a normal life, but I can't. I, I have to go. And she's just like, what? Huh? And it's all raining. And I'm like, how are you hearing him? Because he's not talking, screaming. And then he uh, he leaves. But you see the jingles. You know, he's got the keys in, on him. Uh, anyway, he's leaving, so he's going back to the camp, too. So everyone's getting called back to the camp. And then it turns out that Brooke wasn't killed, but instead put into sedation by Dee Dee, slash ex-Nurse Rita, who is not really Nurse Rita, but... So she saved her for some reason. Not quite sure why, uh, or how, more importantly. I guess she still has some, some pull with her job. I don't know. I'm assuming the next episode will go into why, so we'll find that out next time. I don't know when I'll get to the next episode, uh, because I will be taking a week off in a couple days here. So, I don't know. I think I'll draw one from the bingo hopper right now. And if it ends up being an American Horror Story, maybe I'll get to another episode before that week off. If not, if I record it in a year, I'm sorry. But that happens on this show. I make no promises anymore on, on these shows and the bingo, bingo wheel thing. Westworld, Walking Dead shows, and this. I make no promises. I, I simply do not anymore. I can't keep them because these shows are in, on the back, they're in the back of my mind. I'm not thinking about them. Anyway, that's the end of episode 100. It, it's kind of a missed opportunity because why call it episode 100? It, other than you're stroking your own show's ego, I don't understand why you call it that. Why fucking bother? It doesn't have any reference to the actual episode that you're watching. So if I had to name the episode, I would call it... Oh, man. The Video Store Massacres, or something like that. Well, you get the video store in there, and then his wife's massacred. So you get something stupid like that. Kind of like how they had in season three, yeah, it was, two, three? Where it was like the Tupperware Party Massacre. Something like that. I don't, I don't know, something stupid. Camp Fe Billy Idol and the, the Musical Adventures at Camp Red. A fucking stupid name. I don't know. Not episode 100, that's all I know. Anyway, uh, liwstudios.com for me. Check out all the podcasts, all the videos on there. YouTube.com slash Loitering in Wonderland. We do live shows every Tuesday for Twilight Zone. Every Wednesday we do an anthology series. And then a John Carpenter, John Frankenheimer, or Nick Cage movie. There's two shows back to back. And it's, we revolve through those three people's movies. 
we're going to get through them all eventually in several, several decades. Anyway, um, our Patreon subscribers are Red Dragons Radio, or sorry, it's it's technically the Indie Sports Car Podcast. Frank, my co-host on, on Twally Zone, is the sponsor, but he has the Indie Sports Car Podcast. You can check that out on reddragonsradio.com. And also Raiders of the Lost Flicks.com or Raiders at Raiders underscore OTLF on Twitter. Uh, Lloyd, no, YouTube.com slash Raiders of the Lost Flicks as well. Anyway, so check them out. I'm going to get out of here. I will see you when I see you. Uh, or you'll hear me when you hear me. I won't see you because that's how podcasts work. It'd be creepy if I could see you while you're listening to it. I don't want to see you poop or driving. Just n- no. That'd be, or poop while driving. I don't know how talented you are. I don't know. I don't know you. Oh, that was a hiccup. Excuse me. I just had a tuna sandwich before I started recording. Not that you need to know that, but fuck you. Fuck. What am I doing? I need to get, I need to move on. All right, guys. Uh, until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. I am sorry about the hiccup. That was just weird. That was a weird moment. I'm sorry. I feel so ashamed. Bye. <laughs>